Welcome to Who's the Best, the podcast which discusses, debates and decides the best pop culture icons. I'm your host, Sandro Manetti. Good looks, great moves, amazing sound. But enough about me, on to the topic. Today it's Who's the Best 90s Boy Band. Now, this is a fascinating subject for me because in this era, I was a columnist on Smash Hits, Britain's greatest pop music magazine of that time and of all time. I reported on all these great stars, got to meet them all, love talking about them, but who was the very best boy band? Well, we've been surveying the public. We'll announce the results at the end of the show, uh, but let's run down the debate options. Oh, this was such a fertile era for boy bands. Backstreet Boys, In Sync, New Kids on the Block, Boys to Men, Hanson, or from America, of course, or in Britain, Take That, Boyzone, Westlife, Five, E17. So many candidates. How can we decide? Well, to help us decide, we're joined by two music experts, and that's for sure. Will Henschel, the founder of London Beat, who you know from hits like I've Been Thinking About You, and much-in-demand bass guitarist supreme Eva Gardner, who has played with Pink, Gwen Stefani, Cher, and so many other top stars. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. But first, let's get some perspective on the boy band era. If you've listened to our episode, Who's the Best 80s Pop Star?, you'll remember studio guest Michael J., a Grammy-winning songwriter and producer who works with music's biggest names. Oh, if you haven't, then make sure you check out that episode. But as we prepared for this 90s episode, I asked him to sum up boy band culture. Hey, Sandro. Thanks for having me back. You know, it seems like every decade had their own boy bands. I mean, if you think about it, even in the 60s, the Beatles were a boy band. There were four boys... And, you know, early in their career, they did really super poppy songs like I Want to Hold Your Hand. I think if the Backstreet Boys existed in 1964, those are the types of songs that they'd be doing. So to me, like the Beatles were the ultimate boy band. But uh, you had then in the 70s, you had the Jackson 5 and the Osmond Brothers. I'll tell you, though, I think the the 90s was probably the most amazing decade for boy bands uh, because you just had so many of them. And they were all really, really good. You had uh, New Kids on the Block. Backstreet Boys, Sync, Take That, Boyzone, uh, Westlife, Blue, 98 Degrees. I mean, they, they all had hits. They were all really good. And in this decade, we have One Direction. And in the decade to come, uh, who knows? But there's a really great new boy band that Disney's got on their Hollywood Records label. Uh, they're called In Real Life. I've been very impressed by the songs they've been putting out. So who knows? Maybe uh, they're going to be the next big boy band for the next decade. Who knows? Certainly there will be a big boy band in the next decade. Maybe they haven't even formed yet. Maybe they're listening to this podcast right now and they're saying, hey, let's start a boy band because it's generational. Every decade is going to have its own great boy band because um, as long as there are teenage hormones floating around, there are always going to be boy bands. So now it comes down to the question of the day. I asked Michael, who's the best 90s boy band? Wow, who's the best boy band of the 90s? Well, I'm going to try not to be biased here, because full disclosure, I've worked with some of them. 
I have a song called The Right Combination, which is on the greatest hits CD of New Kids on the Block. Um, I've also uh, wrote a song once with Howie D of the Backstreet Boys. And I wrote a great song with Lee Ryan from Blue, who blew me away, no pun intended. I think for me, my favorite boy band of the 90s has to be NSYNC. Because if you look at all of them, all the boy bands, NSYNC was the only one that launched a superstar solo career with Justin Timberlake. New Kids on the Block gave us Donnie Wahlberg, who went on to become a great film and television actor. Take That and Westlife are great, but they never really had any hits in America. You know, Americans don't really know who they are. Even Robbie Williams' solo career never really exploded here in the States. So I think I'm going to go with NSYNC because they gave the world Justin Timberlake. Ah, Justin Timberlake. Bit of trivia for you. He started off in the Disney family. Yes, he was part of the Mickey Mouse Club, along with Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera. Their careers all turned out okay, didn't they? And uh, he vaulted from Disney to the pop charts as a star of NSYNC and then as a solo performer. Now, talking of trivia, um, let me pose uh, three other questions for you. Who do you think was the biggest selling boy band of this era. Yeah, I said at the top of the show, you know, who the big names are. We'll include New Kids on the Block, uh, Backstreet Boys, In Sync, as we just mentioned, uh, Take That, Boy Zone, Westlife. But the question, which boy band of this era sold the most albums? The answer... Backstreet Boys, that's right, 130 million album sales. If you add together Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's Back, Millennium and Black and Blue. Oh, classics all. But of course, our discussion isn't about who's the best best-selling boy band. It's who's the best boy band of the 90s. It takes more than album sales to make just a great group. Now, a lot of the boy bands have been rewarded with stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, we're recording this in Los Angeles, California, and uh, just steps away, about 4,000 showbiz stars are immortalized forever. They have their stars on Hollywood Boulevard. In fact, many of the 90s boy bands also have stars there, but there's one who doesn't. Who do you think it is? Now, there's many reasons for not having a star. Either you haven't been nominated or you've been too cheap to pay the cash that it requires to actually get the thing built and maintained. But uh, to me, there's a big gap there. Let me tell you who is missing when you walk along and see all the famous bands on that boulevard. There is no Hollywood Walk of Fame star for In Sync. Yes, surely that has to be corrected. And a final bit of 90s trivia for you now. Which boy band of the 90s turned down the song Hit Me Baby One More Time? When they rejected it, it instead went to Britney Spears and launched her career. But if only this boy band had taken it, how things might have been different. It's funny, isn't it? You know, sometimes one song can just turn around or launch a career. This band were great, but they didn't have anything as successful as this song. The 90s boy band, which, in one of the great mistakes of all time, turned down Baby One More Time was Five. That's right, the British boy band Five. Ah, how things might have been different.
pop music goes through eras, doesn't it? As we've been discussing, in the 90s, American and British and Irish boy bands dominated the pop scene. But amazingly, now it's all about the Korean boy bands as K-pop rules the waves, especially with BTS, who are quite simply the biggest band on the planet right now. I spoke with the British singer-songwriter Dyson, who, in between forging her own thriving solo career, has written for a bunch of K-pop artists, including two songs for BTS, Home and I'm Fine, which were favourites on the Korean band's recent number one albums. I caught up with Dyson recently in her LA home, and when we spoke, I asked her to first tell me about some of the highlights of her career so far. It's kind of hard to pinpoint highlights because I feel there's so many amazing things that happen all the time but um a few that come to mind are performing in the MEN arena with Bass Hunter um in the beginning of my career it was about 20,000 people that was uh super amazing I got chosen by the Grammys in 2016 to open for Incubus that was also an incredible honor and achievement and then I'd have to say having um two number ones this year with BTS Writing songs for them was just, it just changed my life and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. As someone who's worked closely with the boy band genre, I wanted to know, why is K-pop so popular? I think K-pop bands like BTS dominate the boy band scene now because it's such a different genre. A lot of music, you know, on the radio, it all sounds very similar. Um, And even though it's great, it kind of kind of gets blurred together. And K-pop is great because it's very innovative. And even the fact that it's in a different language i think it's it's exotic it catches the ear um it's really exciting i mean i've been writing k-pop since 2011 so to hear it on the radio and to hear it being so well received is super exciting what's it like working with one of the biggest boy bands in the world bts it's been amazing working with bts and although we didn't get to work directly together due to their scheduling and being on opposite ends of the ocean it's, it's kind of insane that we were able to make such big records together I wrote the last song I did with them in my bedroom in LA, um, in my home studio, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, being performed all over the world, so it's awesome. What music was being played in her home when she was growing up? So growing up I listened to a lot of my parents' music, so it was MJ, Elton John, Queen and Madonna. I listened to a lot of soul. I'm just very thankful that they had great taste in music. So apart from listening to her parents' very good taste in music, was she also a fangirl? Oh, uh, I was a huge fangirl for them all. (laughs) I used to watch Take That concerts on TV when I would be crying. I was literally obsessed. And part of the reason I started writing was because of these bands. These songs were just so good and they had such a worldwide reach. It made me really want to write pop music. So, as a self-confessed fangirl, it's time to find out the big question. What's her answer to who's the best boy band of the 90s. Um, so my personal favourite was Take That. Just, you know, maybe being from Britain, I, you know, I saw them a lot more. I really loved their songs so much. I I'm, I was quite an emotional kid. So, you know, the love songs really were my, my favourite. And then it was definitely Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. That was like my boy band bubble. That was um, who I loved. So Take That are Dyson's favourite 90s boy band. Good choice. Dyson is currently working on loads of projects, including movies, dance music collaborations, and of course her own work. So look out for music from Dyson's solo project coming soon. 
And now, let's turn to the guests in the studio. Will and Eva, let me start by asking you both, what made the 90s such a great era for boy bands? Well, I would say it's not just for boy bands. It was a great era for music, period. Mm -hmm. And uh, in any era, there's always uh, music and and artists who are aimed at, uh, you know, teenagers. And uh, generally in the 90s, the music had a lot of musicality to it. There was uh, it was all recorded in a different way. And the mechanics of doing it and the writing were different. It was the very early days of of EDM, electronic dance music. So people were using uh, the first generation of, you know, drum machines and and sequences and so on. But compared to today, where the actual process of of recording music, uh, you you can perfect every single breath on a a recording today uh, or just on your laptop. Back then, you had to be a lot better. You had to be able to sing. You could fix a few things, but it was really about talent. Um, so I think that's, in, in my view, the main difference is to do with the uh, the technology and the the way that the songs had to stand on their own uh, outside of the recordings of them. And I'm glad you made the point about singing there, because a lot of people look at these boy bands and think, oh, well, you know, their dancing was, was great. But, you know, yes. I've seen all these boy bands live and they really deliver. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a very, very talented bunch. Now, uh, Eva, this is a very influential time for you, the, uh, the, the 90s. So um, talk about the, uh, the boy bands and what you think made it such a special era in that space. Well, I was a young person during that time. <laughs> I, I was a, a the target audience. audience. Yes. I was exactly the target audience. So yeah. I was eating up everything they were feeding me, basically. Um, the, all the marketing, all of that worked. And I mean, I remember uh, mo- growing up in America, I remember the American bands the most. And, you know, they were being played at our school dances. Yeah. Um, they were all over the television, magazines, books, everywhere. And, and this is when people still went into bookstores and, and uh, exchanged your parents' currency for a uh, for a physical <laughs> product, as far as the music goes and all that. So yeah, it was a very fertile time for me as far as listening to to all this stuff. Later in the show, I'll be asking uh, each of our studio guests to make a case for who is their favourite '90s boy band. But let's get to know our guests uh, a bit better now and find out why they're so qualified to sit in judgment. Starting with. A-list musician Eva Gardner. She's a guitar goddess, part of Pink's band for the past 12 years. The queen of bass has just got back home to L.A. from a world tour with Pink. She's also been out on the road performing with Cher and Gwen Stefani. Eva, your dad, uh, Kim Gardner, was a celebrated musician himself as bassist for The Birds and The Creation, playing with the likes of Eric Clapton, George Harrison, Rod Stewart and Jimi Hendrix. What was it like growing up with such stars around the house and how influential was all this on your own career direction? Yeah, at the time, it was just uh, it was just all my dad's crazy friends that were always hanging out and hearing about all these crazy stories and of him being on tour in the in Europe in the 60s and 70s. And I think that was just such a creative time anyway, musically, as far as rock and roll went. Um, the early 60s in the UK and London, particularly, I mean, all these uh, all these bands were coming up and all this music was being created and he was part of that. And he knew all those people that are just icons today. And uh, I think hearing all of those stories and being around all those people, I just knew that it's something that I wanted to do. Will was the founder and main songwriter and multi-instrumentalist for 
boy band, a.k.a. man band, London Beat, uh, <laughs> perhaps best known for hits like I've Been Thinking About You and Come Back, uh, which uh-huh. both hit number one in the USA in the early 90s. Eva was talking there about her formative experiences. When did you fall in love with music and what were the influences for you? I recently found uh, a very faded photograph of me at the age of three. And I am playing my dad's acoustic guitar and my little fingers uh, are just kind of holding onto the fretboard and my hands over the top. You can barely see me because the guitar's so, so big. And I noticed when I looked at the photograph, I'm playing a G chord. <laughs> wow. Wow. You started <laughs> early. Yes. <laughs> so it's been in my blood forever. I don't come from a musical family at all. I, I have no idea what happened. But I've always had this. It's a blessing and a curse. It's the same thing if you're a musician. When I I got uh, divorced, um, I I remember being in court and my ex-wife's lawyer stood up and said, unfortunately, Mr. Henschel is a musician. (laughs) And then there was a pause, which which means that he doesn't have a regular income. But actually what I heard is, unfortunately, Mr. Henschel is a musician. And I was like, exactly. (laughs) Um, So it's always been in, in my blood. And uh, I, I'm actually equally a scientist and a logical mm. and an inventor. And in my career since music, I've, I do two things. I'm an active songwriter and also an inventor. And so I was always fascinated with recording studio technology. Mm-hmm. And for me, being in the studio was always about what can we do artistically with all of this new technology? And so London Beat was a, uh, an interesting band. There was really a, it was really a two-piece. There was me doing the production and the music and writing the bulk of the tunes. And then I had these three incredible uh, African-American singers. Who Jimmy Helms, Jimmy Chambers, and Charles Pierre. Yeah. And that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original uh, singer was actually um, George Chandler. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, uh, Charles Pierre. And the, the way we worked was I'd be in the studio messing about with gear and then come up with songs and sort of structures. And then they would come in and we'd finish them together. And um, one of them uh, in particular, uh, Jimmy Helms, who's the lead singer, had a real knack for the phrase that pays. So here's here's a really great example. I had uh, the, the original version of I've Been Thinking About You. The chorus went, I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you. And Jimmy Helms came in. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you. So I kind of had a framework, but without that magic, it was just some skinny white kid trying to do what (laughs) Jimmy Helms will come in and nail. And it was the hybrid of uh, the cultures. Um, They were older than I was and African-American. I'm a a white English guy. And it was that magical hybrid that that brought that band together. Well, talking of Clash of Styles, Eva, I mentioned uh, in the intro there that uh, you've performed live with with so many different singers. I mean, forgive me if this is an ignorant question, but how difficult is it to change your style? Because me, in the writing that I do, I'm, I'm like, oh, I couldn't write a horror movie, but I can write a, a, an article. So when you go from, you know, Pink uh, to Cher to, to Gwen Stefani, um, are you just uniquely talented? I mean, how difficult is this? Well, I think it, when you uh, play the role of a hired gun, you have to be a bit of a chameleon mm-hmm. and you have to take these roles and do what it takes to, to be able to give the artist what they need, needs. Because at the end of the day, you're in support of the artist. So, uh, and, and that entails sometimes you just do what it takes. And uh, sometimes that's, um, you know, taking a lesson on a different instrument you might not be comfortable with, but I think being versatile is important. Well, it's a testament to your skills as a musician that so many big stars want to work with you. Just give our listener a sense of what it's like to be on stage with the living legends. That's got to feel pretty special. It's 
pretty unreal. And I think uh, the, the thing that I think of the most, it's like you're just in this surreal moment, but you're really trying to remember your parts and trying to do the best you can. So you try not to get too distracted by, by all, all the other stuff, but it's, uh -huh. it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. I think New Kids on the Block really mm -hmm. set the table for yep. all the 90s boy bands. Now, New Kids, uh, you know, hit it really big around 88, uh, and their, their fame continued into the early 90s. And just to, it was incredible just how big they were. I mean, I never experienced Beatlemania, but I certainly experienced New Kids mania. Mm -hmm. I was in it as a journalist, following them around. I was writing stories and headlines about them every day. I will I'll never forget the mix of story and, and headline. There was once when they were on a UK tour, and the boys had all had a vindaloo curry, and uh, Donny Wahlberg um, had got diarrhea. So, uh, <laughs> so the headline I wrote was, Poo kid on the block, and uh, and then the the next day, uh, Donny Wood also came down with with the symptoms, and the follow up story headline was "New Kid on the Loo." Um, and uh, and then they were getting ready for their big show. I think it was at Manchester, at some some big venue in England, and uh, and, and a bit of the, the scaffolding, a bit of the stage, you know, fell on Jordan Knight. Great. New block on the kid. And so this is basically, I mean, they had a name that could lend themselves to the press. They're all talented singers and dancers. But uh, yeah, I mean, New Kids on the Block. Were you a, who was your favorite new kid, Eva? Joey Joe. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I loved his voice mm -hmm. and um, just uh, he was just he spoke to me. Now, um, Will, what are some of your favorite memories that stay with you from that era, be it uh, achieving certain landmarks with, with London Beat, meeting your idols or, or whatever? When you look back on that early 90s uh, period from the distance of, of time, what stands out as your favorite memories? Well, I think the most poignant memory for me was being in the bathtub in 1990 uh, in my Where apartment. is this story going? <laughs> <laughs> in uh, one evening in, uh, it might have been early 91. It was late at night and uh, we had a phone call. I had a phone call from uh, our American label uh, and they said, you're at number two this week. Uh, we're thinking about you and you're going to hit number one on the billboard, the big billboard chart next week. And um, I put the phone down. My manager called me right back, Sandra Turnbull, and she said, all your life you're going to be able to say from this point, you've written a number one American single and you've had a number one song and you've mm -hmm. played on this thing. And that was true. That was a defining moment. Um, it's, a very, it's a very difficult thing to do and it involves a lot of luck, <laughs> a huge amount of luck, talent and luck. You've got to be in the right place at the right time. And uh, I just remember... Just sitting in the bath, just going, whoa, now what? <laughs> oh, that's, that was your reaction. Yes, now follow what? that. <laughs> yes, the eternal showbiz question. It's who's the best 90s boy band? And one thing um, that most of the 90s boy bands have got in common is that they've reformed. They've come back, uh, they've done huge tours, uh, huge big money shows. So the question, Will, is when are London Beat getting back together? Well, that's a very interesting question because <laughs> we just re-recorded the five hits. Ah! 
uh, in London just very recently. Mm-hmm. No, one, no one knows. This is literally it's the first time we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> London beat are and, back. Well, yeah, we we did re-record and reimagined new versions of of the hits, uh-huh. and there will be a new record out. It's going to yes. be called London Beat 2020, and. Yes. Um, the guys were the guys were older back in the day, and so they're really you know they're up there in their seventies today, and they are still doing gigs. They are still oh, singing as yes. well as they ever did. They yeah. are absolute like super professionals. Um, so, how much of the decision to reform the band to re-record the new material was inspired by seeing the likes of New Kids on the Block, Boys to Men, Backstreet Boys, Take? That um, Boys Own and all, all the others have all this success from getting back to, together. Did you see a trend happening and decided to jump on that train? Actually, uh, the success is due to something called the 30 year popular culture cycle. The what? The 30 year oh, no, popular I heard you. I just culture don't know what it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> Think about yes. it. There is always a 30 year cultural cycle. Huh. And if you've noticed over the last two or three years, four years, there's been a real 80s thing. Everybody's been all about the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what we're just about to hit? The 90s! Oh, and right. when London Beat came out of the 90s. Yeah. So, um, By the way, listen, don't forget to check out our podcast, Who's the Best 80s Pop Star? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, I would say Chesney... Chesney Hawks, old, old friend, friend is on that. Yes, yes. Um, but being serious about it, um, a, a lot of the bands are being able to... Uh, to be relevant again, because the cultural references from now, 30 years ago, especially next year, um, are all the 90s music. Um, Thinking About You, which is the best known song I ever wrote, uh, in 90 and 91 was the um, most played song in the world on the radio, uh, written by a a British writer. And it was the NFL song of the year. It was American Forces song of the year. It was was just like everywhere. So if there's a movie coming out in the next two or three years that referenced the 90s, they'll need to find a song that was very iconic from the sound. And my number, if anybody is listening to this, you can call me. We can make a deal right now. (laughs) Find uh, Will Henschel on social media if you uh, uh, want to put uh, his his music uh, in in your movie. But uh, Eva, we talk about all these sort of big stars who say, come and play with us. So... If you get the call from a 90s boy band, you know, um, would you rather play with Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, New Kids on the Block, Boys to Men or Hanson? I would say New Kids because I know their songs already. Ah, right. Of course. Yes. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, me too. It's a part for me. Yes. I I can bring back my old stories. You know, you know, old kid in the new kids back on the block. I can I can bring it all back again. Um Fantastic stuff. Well, the, the the subject is who's the best 90s boy band? And a reminder, the main contenders, of which there'll be many, maybe this will turn into a USA versus UK thing. From the USA, the Backstreet Boys. Do you want it that way? There's, of course, Sync that gave the world Justin Timberlake. New kids on the block. The pioneers, if you will. Boys to Men saw them in concert recently. Motown Phillies back again. Oh, brilliant, but sounding just as good as ever. Umbop Hansen. Everybody loves them. They're back again as well. Or in Britain, where boy bands were huge. Take that. They were so enormously huge. They're still enormously big. A brilliant live band. Then came Boyzone. Then came Westlife. There was also five E17. There's so many candidates. It's a difficult choice. At the end of the show, we'll be announcing the public 
choice, but I'm going to ask each of my guests in the studio to make the case for who is their favourite 90s boy band. It doesn't even necessarily need to be on the list. I'm a bit worried Will might pick his own, but still, let's start <laughs> with Will Henshaw. Who's the best well, 90s be. boy band? In terms of sheer spectacle and rock and roll bravado, it's got to be Robbie Williams and take that. Ah, He was he was a, such a rock star. As, as we sort of watched him progress his career, he became more and more and more, uh, you, you know, like a Bono-esque kind of strutting out there uh, as he grew up in front of the uh, of an audience you know i saw him out live a bunch of times and he was he was just even if even if he was a little off key sometimes yeah. it didn't matter he was just a rock star he was great working at, at smash hits you know I, we, we love take that and i remember their story was was fascinating they're always going to be stars right you know, and they were playing gigs in high schools and, yeah. and clubs before they even uh, released records had like a controversial video to start and and when they blew up big it, it was huge but you mentioned sort of robbie williams there mm-hmm. and the the dynamic mm-hmm. between gary barlow yeah. chief songwriter for, yes. the, for for the group and and robbie williams who who had a kind of like almost like elvis like appeal yes um and they tended to clash with each other didn't they and and this happens so much in boy bands one of my favorite records ever is 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 shame where, where they uh which they sang together about their relationship when they got back together years later and and clearly there was so much sort of pain in, in in that group. They sort of worked together, but they couldn't work together. Mm-hmm. Maybe Robbie felt he was being mm-hmm. held held back. Gary perhaps would admit he, he was holding Robbie back. And then Robbie goes off on his own and has such a huge mm-hmm. solo career. And then they all come back together in a nice, ha- happy ending. But I, I want to ask both of you the ego clashes in bands. You must have seen it so much uh, around music. Is it something that can ever be solved? Uh, absolutely. It can be solved. I think that, uh, well, it's not hard to solve if you're a hired gun, I would say, because you can't really have that much of an ego. And if you do, you don't last long. And uh, I think it, it can be solved. And it depends on the band you're in. I don't know. I mean, if there's a band that's been around for a long time and you're schoolmates, then you just work around your egos. Um, but from what I've seen, it's, it's, uh, it's always easier when people just get along well, and make it work. I was managed by Sandra Turnbull, who Prior to us, had managed Eurythmics and Shakespeare's sister and worked in the rock and roll business, worked for David Bowie, been around it a lot. And she used to say, well, it affects sales. Ah, <laughs> very Always very, thinking of the percentage. Yeah. Yes. Will, that affect, will <laughs> any of this affect sales? And will it affect, you know, the, the mission? What are you doing, you know? Mm. And um, the, the really goes start coming out in songwriting situations. Hmm. When you think you've got a better chorus, and your instinct—if you're in a songwriting team—your instinct is that this is the chorus. Here's the chorus. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus, right? And then someone else will go, and that's a terrible chorus. I got another chorus, and now you got two good choruses. Which is the best chorus? So if you, again, if you, as a young bang listening to this, what you should do if you have two choruses, you should go out and try them both. <laughs> is it right that Test in it. this Spotify era? hit songwriting has changed and you need to get to the chorus in the first 40 seconds. There's definitely less attention span now than there was, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, I think there's going to be a distinct blowback against the manufactured pop thing. I I predict there will be a really, uh, there'll be a new form of organic music high songwriting you know it's very interesting ed sheeran is the biggest artist in the world question to you earlier is out of today's artists who do you think is still going to be around Hmm. when they're 70s ed sheeran absolutely 
Duh. <laughs> Who else? I'm not sure. But Ed's songs are real songs. You but, pick up a guitar. But and all play these it. manufactured boy bands are still around as as well because right. that's what the public wants. Bless right. Him. Yeah. Right. I heard even London Beat were coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt we'll be doing any shows, but the records will be around. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, um, Eva, what's your choice? I'm going to ask you who's the best 90s boy band? The New Kids got me early. Ah. They got me early. I was in middle school when they when they came out, so I was a diehard fan, and uh, I just I loved how they all had their own songs, and I um, I loved everything about it. It was the first time that I'd ever really been exposed to something like that, and like I said before, I just ate up everything they were feeding me. Uh, have you been on a New Kids on the Block fan cruise? I was in the fan club. Mm, you were um, on the fan club, I was right? In the yes. Fan club. Yeah. I had all the you know all the records and books and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But I was a bit of a closet fan, interestingly enough. Oh, yeah. you, you may have read one of my articles, oh, really? you know, an appreciation <laughs> of New Kids on the Block if you're a collector. But now um, they don't just do comeback concerts. They do cruises. This New yes. Kids on the Boat, you know, which, yeah. uh, you know. It's good. Now, I've got a suggestion for, for you, Will. Uh, right. Bear with me here. London Boat. <laughs> okay. So London Beat. <laughs> On a London <laughs> boat, you know, rather like Spandau Ballet on that warship, the Maud in the right. Thames, you know, doing a video up there. How about getting the singers back and then performing with them and doing London Beat on a boat? Well, a friend of mine said to me the other day, why do a British journalist have an obsession with puns? And I said, I don't think they do. <laughs> but in fact, I just realised that is incorrect. I'll go back to my friend and apologise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll take the 10% when it happens. But my choice of best 90s boy band, well, I went back and forth on this. And it comes down to like personal enjoyment, what you can relate to. Now, um, the dancing was always a problem for me. You know, I, I, I love to like sing along in, in, in the shower, but it was just all a bit too energetic when I was trying to copy my, my favourite <laughs> 90 stars. And then along came Westlife. Now, what I love about them is the songs <laughs> always start off with them sitting on stools. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to the bridge, they stand up from the stool, you know, and, and then at the end, they go back to the stool. Now, I can, I can cope with that. I, I can deal with that. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and also, I, you know, their songs just give me so much pleasure. You know, I'm so old school, I still listen to CDs in, in, in my car. And that Westlife Greatest Hits gets so many plays. I, I love it. Their version of Seasons in the Sun is better than the original. I would mm -hmm. go to my grave uh, b believing that. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I I think they're fantastic. I mean, uh, take that very close uh, second for me and uh, New Kids on the Block uh, uh, third. But there's so many other choices. You know, um, some we haven't mentioned. Now, the Backstreet Boys are pretty much one of the most successful bands in America, if not the world, right right now. I mean, they've been selling out Vegas for, for so long. They've had their own exhibition at the Grammy Museum here in Los Angeles where we're recording the, the shows. Their hits are very much the, the soundtrack uh, to our life. What do each of you think of the Backstreet's? Total silence. Obviously, no, they like hate them. them. Oh, Great. Yeah. Yes. Back, listen, it was part of the infrastructure of our lives growing yes, up. Yes, like yeah. it or dislike it. And yeah. I, I always enjoyed the, the I, song. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. I never listened to the whole record, but I like what's out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, any appreciation for Boys to Men or oh, absolutely yeah. Boys to Men for mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. again, that was my middle school era. It was at all the school dances and, yeah. and uh, on the radio and um, big place in my heart for them. 
This is what music is, isn't it? It's the soundtrack of our lives. Yeah. We remember where we were when yep. all these these great songs. Uh, love them all, you know. But um, we have been asking the public, surveying them for months at uh, concerts, events, and the Who's the Best live shows. Yes, as well as being a podcast, Who's the Best is a live show. Hopefully uh, one will be coming to your town soon. But the vote is in. The public have spoken. I am going to announce the results in reverse order. The question, who's the best 90s boy band? The answer in third place. Take that. (laughs) Rule Britannia. There we go. One for the Brits there. In second place, boys to men. Yes, Boys to Men made the top two. Okay, so who is it going to be? We we haven't yet heard in the in the top two Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, NSYNC, any of the others I I mentioned. I can announce that the result of the public vote, who's the best '90s boy band, is by an emphatic margin the largest win of any vote on the Who's the Best podcast. Backstreet Boys! Congratulations to the Backstreet Boys. I'm going to ask Will Henschel and Eva Gardner their reactions to this top three. Take that, boys to men, Backstreet Boys. Are the public always right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if you go to a Home Depot and uh, just walk around, you're going to hear all of those three bands. And London Beat, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, um, it's if you like 90s... You play in those, home repair stores. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, it does. You can hear um, you can hear those bands. And uh, for some reason, there's something about buying a new you know thing for your house mm. and 90s boy bands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mention this to your mate, Pinky. But, I mean, she's missing out on a whole bunch of opportunities <laughs> sure here in, yeah. uh, in, in marketing. And uh, what's your reaction to the, uh, the top three and the public vote? Third take that, second boys to Man one Backstreet Boys. I get it. I get it. Absolutely. Great choice, everybody. Now, if you're wondering what happened to New Kids on the Block, they were tied for fourth mm. with InSync. Mm. But uh, Justin Timberlake did all right for himself, didn't he? Yeah, he did just fine. Yeah, he did just fine. But, listener, what did you think of the public's opinion? What did uh, you think of what our guests had to say? We'd love to hear from you. Send us a tweet with your thoughts to at who's the best pod. You can also follow us on Instagram, again, at Who's the Best Pod. Make sure to stay up with the latest episodes of Who's the Best, subscribe, whatever. Give us a a listen, a rate, and a review. Um, Let's uh, just close out the show by asking our guests what they're doing next as we look to the future. Now, uh, Eva... But, you know, you've been on tour, it seems like, forever. So are you actually putting your feet up or are you going back to work again soon? I always hit the ground running when I get home. So doing some more shows. I do my solo, doing my solo stuff as well. I release an EP of my own music this summer. So, yeah, just keep it on, keep it on. Great. Check out Eva Gardner's own music. That is fantastic. Uh, Where can they uh, find that? Uh, EvaGardner.com. Thank you. Now, yeah. uh, and also on Spotify, iTunes, yeah. all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we're very excited that uh, you've announced on the show that London Beat uh, will be uh, yep. uh, returning to recording in in twenty twenty. Yes. Uh, where can people learn about everything that you're up to? Go to Focus at Will. Mm-hmm. Just just look me up on Google, and you find Focus at Will. I'm the Will from Focus, and uh, you'll find out a lot about what we're doing. 
Well, I'm all about the nostalgia, as you know. I never look forward, I only look back. So I'm off to play my Westlife greatest hits and curse the fact that you and the public have not put that great band in the top three. Shame on you all. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Who's the Best? This podcast has been a Right Angles production.